0: Welcome to 20-something Conversations, a podcast that unearths and explores the trials, tribulations and triumphs of people in their 20s. I started this show in 2018 after having so many inspiring and empowering conversations with people that I felt really needed to be heard. Now these conversations can be about money, relationships, career, self-love and so much more, but have really shaped me into the woman I am today. I also love having a chat with anyone about anything, so please do let me know if you'd love to be involved in any way. But with that, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone, and welcome back to a very long overdue episode of 20-something Conversations. I know it's been a really long time since I spoke to you all, but um, this past summer I was in Bali, just focusing on my new business. And then I came home and turned 24, which wasn't as terrible as I thought it would be. Um, and then just a couple of days ago, I launched a new project with my sister. So it's been a nice busy few weeks and I can't really complain, but I've definitely missed having a good natter on the show for you guys to listen to. So I'm very much looking forward to this episode being centered around a true grafter and an experimental artist called Laura Misch. Now, if you don't know who Laura is, first of all, pause this and go and listen to everything she's ever made because she's freaking incredible. But she's a pretty unique jack of all trades because she's someone that has self-produced, self-published and self-promoted her musical projects from Playground in 2017, um, her track Lagoon, which is how I found her a couple of years ago, a really nice chilled song, um, to 2019's Lonely City. Now, I actually reached out to Laura in the summertime saying that um, her project Lonely City had really resonated with me, particularly because of the theme of loneliness. And I just really wanted to have her on the show. And she actually replied to me the same day, really, really sweetly accepting the invitation. Um, And then finally, in October, on the penultimate stop of her tour in Manchester, I was able to go there, sit with her and chat about lots of stuff in such a short nugget of time. So... We spoke about the benefits and realities of working independently as an artist to dealing with imposter syndrome and pretty much how the scale of what we as people can create holds no bounds. So thank you, Laura, for sitting with me between soundcheck and your headline performance. Thank you to everyone for listening. And I hope you love this episode as much as I love meeting the delightful Laura Mish. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Laura, for meeting with me. Like we I got in touch with you like last summer saying that I loved this new project that you produced and we'll get into that more soon but can you just do like a little introduction as to who you are what you do and how old well you yeah. are in case people don't know oh thank you for coming it's really really nice to meet you no face, in the face in the
1: flesh um and in, the the face. Face. <laughs> in the face in the face face to face that was the shorthand sorry I'm about to play so I, my brain always goes a bit like haywire. um <laughs> but my name's Laura um Laura Mish. I am a musician um and a producer, um, saxophonist, and I'm trying to work out what order to say this stuff. Um, but yeah, I do. I do a lot of things and make like a lot of things. Like an
0: experimental artist. Yeah, some yeah. Description. I,
1: I, I, I hope so. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like evolving. Um, and um, yeah, I'm twenty six years of, of age. I think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that works. <laughs> People don't really ask for age that much, but yeah, I'm twenty six. Um, Life gets older as you life gets better as you get older, by the way. To anyone who's like young listening. I only uh, turned twenty five last week and
0: I was like, It's all I have Yeah, no, no, <laughs> but no, no then no, I was no, like, trust No, me. it gets
1: better. I, I really i much prefer I mean it's been intense this side of the twenties, but I much prefer this side of the twenties.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's kind of well, what I wanted to initially speak to you because I heard your most recent project, which was Lonely yeah. City and it was we call it a project because it wasn't necessarily an album, mm. it was more like an experiment. And yeah. When I researched it, I think the reason it connected with me is because it was tapping into the theme of loneliness. And mm. so, first of all, what were the initial intentions behind creating it?
1: Yeah. Um. So I, I guess exactly, maybe exactly that. Mm. You know, <laughs> I, think, I think, to some extent, I did want to, um, you know, communicate a bit about loneliness and, um, like, connect with people through something which I think isn't, you know, like when you think about like what what would be like a kind of capitalistic like music project. I guess loneliness isn't the sexiest thing to, mm. to
0: write about. Which is probably what makes it the best thing because it's a conversation um, that's which, not which I kind of
1: yeah, I, I, I was kinda of like actually this is something that I'm I'm definitely feeling, um, and I think a lot of people around me are feeling too and um, it's definitely really prevalent in cities, um, especially, which which is kind of like I mean it's prevalent everywhere but I think particularly in cities because um, so often there's so many you know, kind of invisible barriers of isolation that we don't really think about um, and I've read a book called The Lonely City um, which was read by Olivia Liang, which really like influenced my ways of thinking um, so that, that and I read that like two years ago so that book had kind of been like you know any books just like festering like it's just there yeah, and you and you, you start like it's like a it puts a new layer on the world and you start seeing everything through that lens and um, but uh, it, was, it was a particular time in my life where I was like self-producing and um, spending a lot of time in isolation. I like guess anyone can relate to like freelance creative work mm. like you do just spend a lot of time in isolation, and it's often self-imposed because mm. you've decided to work solo and you've decided to um, you know like go go that path, but it's also, uh, like a time where you can become incredibly like introspective and uh, yeah I, I i i mean it's, it's like quite
0: therapeutic then yeah to have done it. and like yeah. how did with that process was it quite organic that you you always planned that you were going to release it to people or were you just creating and then oh I gosh it was no it was
1: it was so like it, i I, cause I started making it in january and um and then it was it was about four weeks and then the whole thing was done so it was it was really just like I just needed to make this mm-hmm. and I again I didn't I didn't decide I was going to call it Lonely City till the end when it just that felt like it's it's it stuck the most mm-hmm. Um I just knew I wanted to make a project that was like m- much more electronic than the previous stuff I'd released which I, I think it was more jazz um, mm-hmm. influenced than this this I'd been like watching a lot of electronic shows and listening to a lot of uh, kind of like artists I hadn't discovered before like Caitlin Aurelia-Smith who works a lot with like group synths and uh, Flowing Points is more like kind of electronic stuff and uh, Niels Fromm and like uh, mm. Rival Consoles and Fromm. just uh, mm-hmm. like yeah yeah uh, Carlos Coverdale and uh, Kelly Owens and just so many basically so many amazing artists and I think it was just it was a it was a mixture of like discovering this whole new palette for expression and deciding I was going to teach myself like those tools Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) just needing to like like out have an outlet for that Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah that kind of like moves me on to my next question when it comes to like the sounds because especially with the track walk alone to your thoughts of your own yeah. i don't know why i was like <laughs> i love that one i think it's because really? of the progressive layering okay, and because yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of makes sense with the theme of like what the track is so yeah. how did you kind of identify those sounds and be able to connect them to the theme so well or is it just something with like playing i don't really know how it works to yeah, produce it <laughs> i guess a lot of a lot of the
1: time it's for, for, for me with production it's like a case of um like sourcing, it's like a curation of sounds because really, you know, like when you're working with, like there's a lot of like preset sounds, for example, Mm -hmm. like uh, if you're working with a synthesizer that has like, I don't, I I sometimes will just hear a preset and I'll, like sometimes I'll craft my own, but sometimes I'm like, this sounds exactly what Mm -hmm. I was looking for in a kind of like material uh, sound context, so quite often you're just, I'm just like playing around and then I'm hearing something and I'm like, ah, like, this I also just got really like cinematic with the whole process and i was thinking like uh, visually like having visions of what I, something would look like cinematically and then trying to translate that into sound so like you know like if you've got a city and you're walking like in the gutter and you've got these kind of like watery sounds from the from the water in the gutter and then also like a buzz of city so you want to kind of like mid-range electronic like a, a, electricity kind of sound sort of mm-hmm. buzzing there and then all these saxophone kind of like thought p- processes but i don't know it's like Sounds absolutely bonkers, but...
0: Um. No, but it means especially because when you did the... You've done, like, the film trilogy as well, and it's... Yeah. It's also... I've always wanted... Whenever I hear music and whenever I ma- uh, match a moving image to that... Yeah. It's, like, it's exactly what you've done and what you've been able to do, and oh. so I, I do get it. When you're saying it to me, I'm like, yeah, I get it, because I've seen it.
1: <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it is I think it is a case of, like, um, just, just, like yeah it's like put, put, putting kind of curating sounds together um and also I was working with some samples um so I was like chopping those chopping those up into like tiny micro sound bites and I'd also sampled a lot of the city itself so like sampled mm-hmm. a lot on the northern line and like across the city and then uh like audio processed those sounds and so a lot of things which sound like drums or like kind of ambient noise mm-hmm. have, uh, is like the tube like under a lot of like yeah. distortion, basically.
0: <laughs> That's why like with all that, because obviously you produce everything yourself, and yeah. that was something I wanted to explore more, because what, um, you self-release, self-produce, and obviously, like, self-promote all of your own stuff, and <laughs> is that, you, it's all you, so self. Is that The age of selfies, ah! Yeah. <laughs> is that because of, like, ease? Is it to have some control over the creative freedom? Like, what were your, what was, like, the artistic intention of all of that? I think this is a really good question, because I think everyone's really
1: interested in like you know like why why do you know why do things yourself and I, and it's something that I've like my perception has shifted so dramatically mm-hmm. over the last five years because um, there's like so many different ways of looking at it I think essentially um, I'm really stubborn like I'm really stubborn and I think I just I like the idea of of feeling free mm-hmm. and when I mean free I think it's like it's like not. It's a case of like not not having too many barriers to expression in terms of like, what that what that sounds or looks like, but also like the, how you distribute that. So mm-hmm. like the time that you're able to like, to like, uh, deliver that expression and, mm-hmm. and um. Like obviously, if you're gonna like engage with an industry, there's always gonna be, like, a form of delay or a form mm-hmm. of control because, even if you're. You know, even if I'm like self-releasing, I'm still releasing through big corporate platforms like Spotify or, um, or like yeah, streaming services or, whatever I which which have a template. So there's already like you're not completely free. You know, it's like yeah. it's not just like random performance art. Or mm-hmm. I'm not a stupid musician who just like rocks up anywhere and like, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was a case of like I wanted to like really explore what what I felt like autonomy meant um, and. I I think I'll say just just I just wanted to have a go at everything Mm -hmm. like I was like I just I just I'm just like a geek basically so I'm just interested in like what does what does it look like to distribute your own material like what does it look like to 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 organically grow an audience or um, try and like market it in a way that you feel like distills the essence of it Mm -hmm. or and of course like of course what I'm learning now is like people like of course there's people who can do that you know a lot better potentially <laughs> because they have years or not away, which is um, practice, more refined. Though. Yeah, so um, so I think I'm, I'm becoming more open to like the idea of collaborating um, with kind of more traditional um, like distribution structures, whether it be labels or um, yeah, yeah. That's something like that. <laughs> I
0: feel like, I feel like nowadays, with I mean, I wouldn't say I would never say it's easier, but I think it's a lot more accessible and there are a lot more opportunities for artists or creators or photographers or whatever to be yeah. able to kind of use these platforms rather than go straight into have somebody else kind of controlling it so and so it's easy it's easier in the sense that there are more opportunities for people to do it than themselves which is great there's more platforms to be able yeah. to release your stuff on so what would you say are like the benefits and the realities of it I don't want to use negatives because no, no, But like obviously downstairs you were just putting up all your merch and stuff. And yeah. you Organize everything yourself and it's like a team effort between you and Tony and yeah. So yeah, the benefits and the realities of of doing it yourself.
1: Yeah. I mean I think I, it's like you're it's like a boot camp, isn't it? Like like mm. going out and touring and like I toured internationally this tour, start like starting in Istanbul and then across Europe and then like finishing in the UK and you and you are like basically it's it's like it's like baptism by fire. I don't know, you're <laughs> just like you're, you're having to learn so much like cross-cultural communication and mm. you have these kind of rituals of like how do you run a show but then that changes in every different like yeah. city you go to and um i think it's incredibly like demanding and immersive if you do it if you try and do it yourself and at times it does kind of fall apart and you a bit like why am i mm. doing this but but then i think it's like the best way of learning what you what 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 kind of overall vision Organism is of like, if uh, organism is time for abstract, but like, if, if you had like your dream team, you know, yeah. like, I think you can only really know that through doing, yeah. doing it, you know, and like working with different people. And really, like, now when I work with someone who's a lighting designer, like, they'll have this, you know, years of expertise if I, if I'm ever able to, but I'll also have a, like a strong sense of through, you know, like collaborating with yeah. all these people and through, um, like having my own vision of what it would be like. I think I'll, I think it. For me, it's just it's just like trying to make yourself a more rounded artist. Um, but also, you know, like I, th- I think it's like people, like I think a lot of the time as well it's like it's it's not like I've had like just loads of people being like come sign with us like mm-hmm. do you know what I mean. So yeah. I think it's also just a case of like I just love to do this and mm-hmm. I just can't imagine doing anything else, so I just do it. Yeah. And it's not it's not been a case of like I've been sitting here being like no 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 to all these opportunities. Mm-hmm. It is a, it's an incredibly saturated market, you know, yeah. and there's, like, so many people making music, and and a lot of the time, like, the, the kind of, like, industry, like, all of that side just doesn't come to me because my music's still a bit experimental and it's not really that safe for capitalism. Mm. That's, like, a Jenny um, Havale phrase. <laughs> but, like, do you know what I mean? So, like, I guess it's also, like, I haven't had that much... Um, I haven't had, like, loads and loads of people trying to sign it. Like, people have been interested, but it hasn't been, like, this swarm. So, in a way, it hasn't really... That hasn't been, like, an option of, like, I have to sit down and be, like like, ah, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's been like, I'm, I just want to play music, make music, and so I'm just, like, finding ways to do it, um, did that answer your question? I think I did.
0: No, yeah, benefits realities, that's true, it kind of yeah. it in a nutshell, and, like, I kind of, like, hearing you talk over the past, like, few minutes or so, I always say that I'm, like, a proud work in progress, yeah. and I feel like you're in the, in the same thing, where you're just learning everything and doing it as you go, and you love to do it, and that's, yeah. that's kind of, when, if you, if you have the freedom and you're able to do that, then that's, great um something that i always struggle with because obviously i have this podcast so that's like self-produced and Mm. i have to try and market that and then also i've got like a business so i can understand like you know the effort that goes behind getting this out into the masses but i always before the launch of anything i always get really bad imposter syndrome and Mm. wondering like oh why would anybody want to listen to this why does anybody want to listen to me and i was wondering if that's something you go through and if so would you have any tip any kind of tip to help people overcome that that might be listening.
1: Massively.
0: And you know what, like I,
1: I, I'll be totally honest. I think this year for me
0: for me like was
1: one of the hardest years in terms of like there was a point where I just really felt I lost a sense of why I was doing this or whether anyone would want to listen to it and um went into like hyperanalysis mode mm. of like wow well, like you know like yeah all of all of this and um I think that and then th- it, w- it I think it definitely has been through going back on the road and playing shows again and sort of reconnecting with people that I've like now I'm I feel like I've absorbed so much of that positive mm-hmm. energy and I'm just like really excited to like transmit that one in 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 some way whether like creating more or, like just encouraging other mm-hmm. people to to do what they love but like um Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's like the ongoing it's it's like it's like different for everyone, isn't it? And I think I think it's like finding practices and ways to to come back to the joy of it, Mm. you know, because uh, sometimes it feels like that that has gone. And sometimes it feels like especially with the kind of like like metrics of it all and the way we're so like bombarded with data on Mm. feedback, which is so qualitative and quantitative and not Mm. actually like you know, how many plays has something had? How many streams does it had? Just mm-hmm. Like, you know, how many like followers do you have? I, I think it's like such a massive hurdle of of self-validation is to overcome seeing these metrics as like, like an indication of your worth. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because, because I th- I feel like especially in in D- DIY distribution this, you're so like like non guarded from these numbers because yeah. it's not like you're just making the work and someone else is there, you're there and you're also around the stats and you're also mm. so it's it's for me it's really come back to like finding like sort of almost like a kind of, I haven't written it yet, but like a like a, a self manifesto for how are you gonna have the healthiest relationship to your practice mm. you know and that, and I think that that's just sort of rituals and practices and things like you know like times of checking in of like reminding like reorientating your intentions like breaking things into small chunks mm-hmm. like uh, yeah I guess it's all the kind of self-care bits yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> so kind of like rounding it all together because obviously you've done your music your experiments and then you've done the film trilogy what would yeah. you like to be creating in the future like think big think so yeah. like what what do you have in your mind I have so many I would just like so many ideas I think it's more
1: what's the time right for you know mm and and I and I mean I've just like I I can't even express how much I love love playing this show Mm. so (laughs) so I wanted to I'd love to continue playing live but expanding what that is and experimenting with like different modular setups um, and also like experimenting more with installation because Mm. I feel like um, so so often it's kind of um, W- when you're like tor- on big touring circuits like everything can be quite in out and I want to do more kind of like specifically curated shows for spaces where you take time to really develop something that's like site responsive and that's mm-hmm. a lot more of like a, people go on a lot more journey yeah, yeah. And, and like multi-sensory and and it's like when I think about like what I can provide for the world at the moment because things, things seem really really hectic I think finding more spaces which are like sort of like Therapeutic in some way, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like a massive, like, tall, like, expectation of yourself. <laughs> no, but it's good. I
0: would, like make, it. I would like to make. I would like
1: to make therapeutic sound installations.
0: Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you go. Your next thing will be some kind of art gallery installation. I can see it now.
1: I guess so, but I just like, uh, but maybe like not in a gallery. Maybe because galleries themselves can oh, be yeah. like places which not everyone feels like Somewhere they unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like
0: a derelict building. I i don't know i like i don't know what's gonna happen next year <laughs> well i think that kind of rounds up really pretty bold. nicely but thank you very much for sitting no, with me and you. talking about that i appreciate the time she's literally thank gonna you. go on stage in like an hour or <laughs> so. yeah thank no, you for so sitting with me and good luck thank thank with everything you. good luck with the podcast i'm gonna yeah have a listen to you all <laughs> thank you bye, bye.